Ken James, and Jason McKittrick. Brought to you by CryptoCurium. Searchers after horror haunt strange, far places. For them are the catacombs of Ptolemais and the carven mausolea of the nightmare countries. They climb to the moonlit towers of ruined Rhine castles and falter down black cobweb steps beneath the scattered stones of forgotten cities in Asia. The haunted wood and the desolate mountain are their shrines, and they linger around the sinister monoliths on uninhabited islands. But the true epicure in the terrible, to whom a new thrill of unutterable ghastliness is the chief end and justification of existence, esteems most of all the ancient, lonely farmhouses of backwoods New England, for there the dark elements of strength, solitude, grotesqueness, and ignorance combine to form the perfection of the hideous. Good evening, folks, and welcome to another episode of Learning Lovecraft. I am your host, Jason McKittrick, and joining me, as always, the traveler of the Eldritch Path, Mr. Ken James. Good evening, folks. And that was the opening paragraph of H.P. Lovecraft's The Pitcher in the House, the subject of this week's episode. And tonight, folks, we are joined by a guest on our podcast, illustrator extraordinaire, head honcho of HH Toys, and my partner in slime over at Order of the Thin Veil, <laughs> Mr. Sam Heimer. How y'all doing? <laughs> Thanks for finally joining us, Sam. Um, I just all-around fun guy, by oh, the yeah, way. Yeah, I just yeah, want yeah, to fun guy. <laughs> Sam, before we get it kicked off, um, do you remember your first uh, HPL story that you read? Yeah, this might be it. Uh, first time I came across his writing was in Alfred Hitchcock Presents, those uh, books you see at every yard sale you go to. Right. It's, uh, you know, like a horror anthology, but there's always one earlier Lovecraft story in all of them. Yeah, it's usually like Rats in the Walls or... Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool, very cool. All right, so before we dive in, we got the uh, usual, the publication and backstory particulars. Um, so this was written on December 12th, 1920, and was first published in the July issue of the National Amateur. That's one of these uh, amateur press uh, publications that we discussed earlier. And But it wasn't published until later in the summer of 1921. Uh, and then it went on to be uh, reprinted in Weird Tales in 1923, and again in 1937. Mm. They just couldn't get enough. <laughs> Uh, so guys, um, antiquated Yankee dialects, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, at first when I was like, kind of like reading it, I, I was like trying to impose like different voices on it, you know, mm-hmm. and I was just like, I kind of don't know what the hell he's going for here, you know, it's like. Yeah, I mean, people hate it. I know people that hate these when he does this in mm-hmm. some of the stories, but I kind of, I kind of dig it because it makes you really hear that accent. You know it's I mean? written phonetically though, right? Yeah. Because for some of the lines, I definitely had to say it out loud, and right. I was like, "Oh, well, there it is." Right. Yeah. Right. Um, no, I, I I appreciate it, and um, I think it does. It really brings you into the story because, like Sam just said, you you kind of have to say it out loud. It's like, "Oh, I hear it now." It's like that back that back bay New England kind of. He does that in he too, right? Yes. Yes. So. Yeah. Going going into um, <laughs> going into the, the two I read this time, like I. I was just like, whoa, whoa. I don't know if it was the headspace I was in. Yeah. I, I was I was telling Jaylas, and I was like, I got to read these again. Because, yeah. like, uh, there was just things I wasn't picking up on. Uh, on this one, like, 
I, I just I was expecting something different, but then I, then when I, I after I got through the midsection, mm-hmm. when I got to, I was like, oh okay, I yeah, know what's yeah. going on here. Mm-hmm. And for some weird reason, just like so he gets me in the remember you know and previously I said the flowery language yeah. and like the sometimes I just kind of get like chur- my mind just churns over those yes and I kind of just lose my place in here. Yeah, it happens. And I'm just like wait, and then I kind of like go oh wait okay, okay blood you know okay we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of times, you know, you'll be reading these, and it'll be like you'll read um, a paragraph, and you'll be like, "I don't remember what I just read." Yeah, no, that literally <laughs> that happened to me yeah. last night, like a bunch. Right. And maybe, like I said, maybe it's just where I'm at. Maybe I got shit going. Yeah, no, on. it's where you're at. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Because this story is so compact and perfectly paced. It was more so the other story. Yeah. No, but no, no. no, yeah, this one that I just I, I, I just missed. Um, like I said, in the middle. Where they're they're going with you know describing the book, right? And I'm like, I had to go wait, okay, wait, you know. And then I was like, the the old timey talk I get because I'm a curmudgeon myself, so I got that right off the bat. Do you see yourself speaking like this within the next couple of decades? Oh yeah, oh, okay. I'm, I'm dude, I'm gonna be there. I'm okay. this guy Almost minus a couple things, you know, a couple, just a few, uh, just a few, like the look, like the wife, <laughs> yeah, the dogs. Yeah, all that. <laughs> Will DoorDash bring you the hoagies and the high life out in the woods though? I might have to send for it. No. You know? Oh, go puff. Yeah, go puff, exactly. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, right. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> All right, so this uh, this first paragraph, this opening paragraph that we uh, just heard, um, this is one of the ones that really kind of like speaks to my heart. i got to be honest, because that, that first line, man, searchers after horror haunt strange far places, that's... Yeah, I loved that. Like that Immediately, I'm like, cool, get yeah. this, into it. Yeah, no. It, I, it makes me chuckle, though, because... Yeah, you know, Lovecraft was a man born without a sense of humor, largely. But, like, he's talking about all these grand, far-flung, horrifying places, and then a fucking little cottage in the woods, like, that a hipster would rent to, you know, work on their poetry. Like, (laughs) you go from that to this, and... Well, I think that point is kind of made in the paragraph. He tells you all about these crazy places, and he says, but then there's Backwoods, New England, which is where he's at. Right. So I think he kind of, like, that's the second part of that paragraph, where he's saying that, like, horror can essentially be found in your own backyard horror can be found in the places that are like most like familiar to us and i think that's that first line is so awesome that you're just like yes yes mm-hmm. and then you like the second part of that paragraph i think it's lost sometimes but right. epic here in the terrible <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of good little yeah two-word snippets like yeah. uh oh what's the one oh not gonna come to me well it's okay did i write it down yeah hateful odor hateful mm, odor yes so, like every time I pass by a porta potty, I'm like hateful odor. Yeah, right. Yeah, and the, that's we were talking about in previous ones. Um, let me make a conscious effort to slow down my talking. But um, at the elbows, at our elbows, and, and from beyond, yeah. like that, I was I was saying like it, it, specific things like that. I'm like haven't heard it put like that before, but it it it's all encompassing in, in how much sense it makes. It's like right. Yeah, it's yeah, it's at the elbows. You're like, oh, because you get them real close too. Yeah, you too know? close for comfort. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. in your space. Because then, yeah, I'm like, your elbows only go out so far, you know. So it's like it's right up there. Right. But right. You mentioned the flowery, but when he starts describing these houses and how they're watching you pass by, like, I kind of start to smell that weird, like, mildew slash campfire after it rains. Like, yeah, absolutely. Well, by flowery, I I, I meant mostly, like. It, for me, it almost gets like over descriptive, right? right? Like especially the Lord Dunsany stuff we've gone over before. Like, yes. it gets into these grandiose explanations where I kind of start getting like lost in like the wait, what? 
what? What am yeah. I doing? Are, are we still doing? talking about a gambrel roof? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so like those kind of things that nice. he, he starts getting into these big descriptions, right. and I kind of like I kind of lose track because my mind goes so deep into this, you know, uh, description of a page or like a, a front of a book. Yeah, and that's known as his purple prose style. It's called okay. purple, and it's some say it's on purpose to kind of put you in the mind of some of these people who right. are sometimes the unreliable narrator which right. went over a couple times at this point yeah but it's like something like the, that he's holding in his hand and I'm like yeah. wait are we describing a house like you know what I mean like I get like because it's so much of this description when that he I'm loves like, he's Mr. Adjective yeah yeah. <laughs> and adverb and adverb <laughs> I can't imagine he had too much editing though like well, that's a huge thing for him. You get through his letters where people, um, you know, he would, he would say to his friends, like, you know, they're trying to hack up my, my, my story. Uh, he, 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 it was by him viewed as like a personal attack when editors would do their job. Right. And that's kind of what helped him not be so saleable. It's only after the fact. It's like, oh, this guy was really weird. And it's, you know. Like, so we get the second passage. Most horrible of all sights are the little unpainted wooden houses remote from traveled ways usually squatted upon some damp grassy slope or leaning against some gigantic outcropping of rock. Two hundred years and more they have leaned or squatted there while the vines have crawled and the trees have swelled and spread. They are almost hidden now in lawless luxuriances of green and guardian shrouds of shadow. But the small paned windows still stare shockingly, as if blinking through a lethal stupor which wards off madness by dulling the memory of unutterable things. Woo! HP! Yeah. <laughs> golf clap. Golf clap on that one. Um, I mean, that's the one, and, I, and Sam kind of brought it up a, a little bit earlier. Um, when you go, you know, when you're into, like, the abandoned kind of house thing, or just pass by one, some houses kind of, like, leer at you, you know? It's like, there's, you know, here's a regular house, here's a regular house. Oh, here's that house that's been sitting for a couple decades, and it, it kind of stares back at you. It's also very different when it's out in the country as opposed to some random street in Philadelphia. Sure. Like, the, the, the remoteness of it just adds this extra layer of, like, mm-hmm. what's going on in there. Like, yeah. that Tom Waits song. What's he building in there? Who's Tom Waits? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he that guy in Mystery Men? No, he was in Dracula. I think he was in Mystery Men. I don't remember. He was the inventor. <laughs> he was the guy. I think he's a musician. Yeah. Oh, Could be. <laughs> uh, yeah, um... Great little paragraph, basically encapsulates what you know what we're talking about here about these 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 homes. They've sat, they've they have these these secrets that are probably you know contained within. And after we get this paragraph, uh, Lovecraft goes on a little bit to talk about the Puritans, which I guess if we're talking about New England. We're definitely going to get in on there. And um, the Puritans, for folks who don't know, they believe that man was sinful by nature and could attain virtue through hard work. And they also chose to shudder themselves from others um, to not see them. They had this, this this inherent shame about them. They didn't want, you know, they locked themselves in. They didn't celebrate holidays, none of it. Um, so Lovecraft kind of makes the jump that in this isolation, these these strange behaviors and traits started to take form, um, which is which is interesting. I mean, you know, I guess that's how you get to Salem Witch Trials. <laughs> I like that overarching theme, though, that, like, in isolation and solitude, like, you know, you don't have the law, you don't have the scorn of society, like, if there is that weird dark seed in you, like, it is going to grow in that condition. For sure. You don't don't even have a buddy to be like, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing? Stop. No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, make sure to visit him at least once a month when he, uh... 
He gets his daily call. <laughs> Ken, we're doing this on video. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm like, what? Well, you know, yeah, it pops me, up. I'm a wife beater with spaghetti stains. Let yeah. me see those hands. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, another guy that we all know of, he's the guy that needs to be checked in on. Yeah. And he reminds me, like, hey, if we left him alone for 20 years, oh, he'd yeah. probably end up with this guy. Yeah, guys, it's just, you know, disclaimer here. I am not a psychopath or, or no. I'm a bit of a curmudgeon. I'm no. not. Ken's fine. Yeah, I'm good. You know, I'm just new to this. You know, that's yeah. all this is. <laughs> um, I like the quote here where he says, by necessity practical and by philosophy stern, these folks were not beautiful in their sins. Yeah. Right? So these aren't these people who are just these these revelers who go off and like, woo, we'll repent on Sunday. Like, yeah. these folks are, mm-hmm. we're sinful, we're disgusting, we're awful, yeah. we're just going to work it out, and, you know, we're, you know, God is here for us. And it's yeah. um, the, the austereness and the humorlessness that's a word, right? Yes. Uh, of them kind of really comes through, and um, I guess the, their whole culture kind of left this this stain on New England, I guess. And um, it's a good jumping off point. <laughs> um, okay, so then we got a, we have another uh, passage here, which is just wonderful because we get some firsts. It was to a time battered edifice of this description that I was driven one afternoon in November 1896 by a rain of such chilling copiousness that any shelter was preferable to exposure. I had been traveling for some time amongst the people of the Miskatonic Valley in quest of certain genealogical data, and from the remote, devious, and problematical nature of my course, had deemed it convenient to employ a bicycle despite the lateness of the season. Now I found myself upon an apparently abandoned road which I had chosen as the shortest cut to Arkham, overtaken by the storm at a point far from any town, and confronted with no refuge save the antique and repellent wooden building which blinked with blared windows from between two huge leafless elms near the foot of a rocky hill. Distant though it was from the remnant of a road, the house nonetheless impressed me unfavorably the very moment I espied it. Honest, wholesome structures do not stare at travelers so slyly and hauntingly. And in my genealogical researches, I had encountered legends of a century before which biased me against places of this kind. Yet the force of the elements was such as to overcome my scruples, and I did not hesitate to wheel my machine up the weedy rise to the closed door, which seemed at once so suggestive and secretive. All right, guys, we have... uh, I know you don't know. (laughs) I think I know. We're introduced to, once again, an unnamed narrator, narrator who was taking this November afternoon bike ride, but our first mention of two very big things here. We have the first mention of uh, the Miskatonic Valley, which is Lovecraft Country. It was the first time that we're in Lovecraft Country. This and is Arkham? His... Is Arkham the other one? And Arkham. I picked up on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has nothing to do with Batman. Crazy. Yeah. Not till the 70s. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, this is important because um, from here on out, Lovecraft, we have his main town. I think we mentioned in earlier episodes. He's, he's building a sandbox, right? right. He's, he's coming up with these places he likes to put stuff. Well, yeah. now we have two definitive areas. We have the Miskatonic Valley, and within that valley, the town of Arkham. This is right. his town. We're going to visit this place quite a bit in the upcoming uh, stories. Um, just a little bit here. Um, Arkham, loosely, loosely based on Salem, Massachusetts. Um, and yes, uh, the Joker and Mr. Freeze have nothing to do with it. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't buy it, but okay. Maybe they do. They just haven't given those names yet. <laughs> Can I also interject? That, yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I think this story is like a great kind of jumping off mm-hmm. uh, for that. Not just because it's the first time it's mentioned, but because half of like the little throwaway mentions in this story are 
actual people, places, and books. Yeah. And like, this is kind of the departure now where some of the earlier tomes he mentions, some of the artists, some of the people mm -hmm. did actually, you know, live. But yeah. like, after this, he kind of stops doing that completely. Yeah. All those grimmeries, like, you know, not just the big one, but like, yeah. are no longer, you know, rooted in. Yeah, no, 100%. I, and I think uh, you're absolutely right. And I think that with this one, we have this weird book that we're, we're about to get to where it's like, it's not the Necronomicon yet, but he's like, oh, I need this. I think he gets the sense from the story. Ooh, an ancient tome with weird pictures in it. This was definitely getting the gears going. For, right. For, for sure. Um, so, yeah, uh, like I mentioned before that, um, here we have another uh, unnamed narrator, which he's wont to do. What do you think of that at this point, the unnamed narrator? I like it. Um, it, it opens up, uh, like, it almost opens up like you, you putting yourself as that character almost in a way. So, like, it's like, it puts you in the place of, like, this was happening to me yesterday. Like, everything was kind of coming out in my own voice. So, I'm a fan of it. Yeah. I, you know, I, I we said before that, you know, yeah. some people have a problem with it. Yes. But I, I like it, too, because it just kind of leaves it open-ended for you could insert here. Right. Whatever you're seeing, because, like, you know... Uh, We've gotten before, like, you know, an unnamed narrator with, like, a nice pinky ring or something, you know? like <laughs> Yes. But at, the, at this point, like, most of them don't have too much of a description, right? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So I'm down with that. And also, it opens up... It, it just reminds me of, like, the shows I grew up with. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, someone telling a story. Yeah. And it's just... Yeah. It's just cool. It's just, like, you know, I, I can either get my voice in it or I can just... It gives me that vibe of me listening to someone tell a story. Yeah. And I, I always, I always love that kind of, like, camp campfire like yeah. let me spin this yarn yeah and it definitely pulls you in because i've i've heard that many times like well he could have just given him a name it's like well yes but without giving him the name it pulls you in more i yeah. always thought you know right. and um i i think it's a, a trope of his that actually works and i don't know why people give him such a hard time for it people want everything kind of like nice package like open there's like a the beginning a middle and end yeah and you know the good guy wins and oh the the guy that's reading it he's some for some reason yeah he's you know bigger than he is i like the fact that in all most of these stories they're just people it's like they're almost most of them are throwaways yeah you know what i mean just like this guy he's seeing some some horror unimaginable yeah. and it's like yeah it happened and that's just one of the uh, so many of these things that have happened that it happens there's so many people mm -hmm. that you know these things happen and yeah. it's out there but yeah. you know good luck finding it or but, him or that yeah. person that told it the little bit he gives you does kind of set you up for you know like what kind of person this is like right and what did kind of stop me is that anytime it is an unnamed kind of vague narrator I always just pop Lovecraft in there but the second there's mention of a bike I'm like Oh yeah, no. H.P. Lovecraft is not riding a bike on an unpaved surface. Like he would have saddle sore like ten feet down the road, curl up in a ball and die. Right, and this one too. Th this one, this now, like nice. And most of them, the narrators are like the straight men, right? Like they're always like the the normal guy. Well, the, the yeah. learned, high education exactly. fellow. That but also like the 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 the. Um, it's kind of like anyone that's lower of class. They're the weird ones, and then there's like you know politicians and kings above them like it's it's like no this is how class should be this is how people should be anywhere that's not in here yeah they're either like 
Oh, because see, this guy, this guy's a snob. Like this one, he's kind of like, oh, this place is, mm, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely. We have a type also starting here. I I think that's. A, I don't know if it's a first because I think the first was probably in From Beyond, but uh, we get a first of this guy who's he's uh, you know researching genealogical data. Well, we right. see that in three other stories. Or? Yeah. Yeah. Why uh, mention you haven't gotten there? Yeah. What are we talking about? You haven't gotten there. <laughs> Sorry, man. Read a book, you fucking. Yeah, I'm, try- I'm trying, man. That's He's- why. That's why Jay started this. Yeah. He was like, "Dude, Ken is so dumb." I, <laughs> I never said Ken was dumb. He's like, "I need." I look. If I'm going to hang out with you, your text messages start reading like that guy we're about to meet. Yeah, exactly. That's a, I'm always like, you know, Jizia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what you You know, you come over to sleep on my couch. Like, yeah. Them pictures are funny. They're memes. Come yeah, on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Jay was like, if I'm going to continue to have conversations with you, you have to read all these books. That's what it was. <laughs> I never said that. Uh, <laughs> what I said was, because every time it would speak, and I think we hit this in the, like, what, the first episode, I'd be like, yeah, there's a Lovecraft story. Every, it was like, uh, uh, every time we hang up, well, there's a Lovecraft story where this is covered, because we'd be watching some horror movie yeah. or something. I was like, yeah, they stole this from Shadow of Rinsmith. Oh, oh, they stole this for, you know, out of Colorado space. Or And, and I, I, would like, do, I would do like the... <laughs> and like shake exactly. my head, you know, or like Prometheus. I'm like, yeah, they stole the whole plot of Prometheus from At the Mountains of Madness. And Ken just like, mm. yeah, <laughs> shrugs his shoulders. So cool. I was like, you know what? Cool. <laughs> yeah, cool, cool, cool. cool. Uh, so, and that's where it came out of was was just like, you know what? And I had that idea that yeah. day. I was like, let's do it. Let's yeah. have you go through it. And uh, and here we are. Yeah, here we are. Hey, look at us. Look at us. <laughs> so simple, so pure. Yeah. yeah. So Philadelphia, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Northeast Philadelphia. Get closer to your world. Yeah. Right. 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 So, um, so he he's here at this house, right? Um, and once again, he mentions the whole thing about this scary house that kind of stares at him. It has life already because yeah. of its its age and its squalor. Um, and you know, but he, you know, it's it's awful outside. So he uh, he goes ahead and he. Um, Gives a knock. I uh, but as he steps to the door, I yeah. imagine going. Ugh. Well, here he yeah. does that in the beginning. He's like, "Well, it's unkempt, yeah. but not the terribly unkempt. Yeah. There must be people at home." So that, that's what forces him to knock. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, there might be a you know, there might be a uh, you know, an undesirable." Yeah, an undesirable. I imagine there's like a red roof in down the street, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go with this place." Yeah. I'm gonna go with this place, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, he he had the you know he has that bug already. I mean, he's doing genealogical research, but he already had the interest in these houses, so I could see why he went in there. I would have went in there. Yeah. So he goes inside. I probably did go in there as a kid. Oh, know? I I definitely did. This 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 story has you know every time yeah. I read it, there's flashbacks of the like Sam said before the smell of the mold. It's like it's you can it's in my nose right now. <laughs> yeah, it is. So he goes inside, and although the house is neglected, like I said, it seems as though it's still inhabited. So he he knocks. No answer, lets himself in, right? And as, as soon as he gets in, he's hit with this, quote-unquote, uh, peculiarly hateful odor, I'm saying mention. Um, leans his bike against the wall, and we get this description of the inside, right? Um, basic kind of house, very dilapidated, obviously. And you get this staircase going up, a door to the cellar, and then two closed doors that go to these separate rooms, all right? Um, so he opens, he goes ahead, he opens one of the doors, and... He, he he thinks it's this low-ceilinged room, and he presumes that it's a sitting room, and it has all these sparse furnishings, right? Um, and it appears that the room is an untouched relic of the 18th century. Now, a sitting room, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Let's is that like is that like uh would you, Yeah, but I'm saying would you say like nowadays that's just like the living room, like the, it, it, the TV room? Well the rec room? Kind of. I mean you would have like this is the room that has the fireplace. Right. So kind of, yeah. Because back then the TV oh. was the fireplace. Back then? Yeah. Every room had a fireplace. Every floor. Because they would have to be attached to the main shoe. Right. Wouldn't they be double sided though too? If they had money. Whatever, nerds. Here is where we could have used more architecture. Well, <laughs> it's definitely what he's talking about because he mentions that there's a table with multiple chairs. Right. So, right. They, so at I'm the very least, had meals there, and yeah. when someone came over, this is yeah, this is probably the entertaining. Room. Yeah, exactly. That's I was just saying because like when you think about that, like oh, the sitting room, you know, like mm-hmm. it's like oh, these guys didn't have TVs, you know, you just <laughs> that's your entertainment. We just sit and watch the fire. Newsflash, Ken. There were no TVs in the 18th. Century. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like the modern end. 18th century means 1700s. And and it specifically mentions that nothing in the room is <laughs> it's true. post-revolutionary war. Right. Right. Um, which is amazing because it kind of uh, tickles his almost like, uh, well, if I was, I think he says, uh, if I was a collector, collector this, yeah, this yeah. would have been like yeah. mint. But everything is dingy and it has this kind of like overall just like it's untouched. It's, right. it's almost like a time capsule and he's, he's kind of taken by it. Um, and then he notices something on the table. The first object of my curiosity was a book of medium size lying upon the table and presenting such an antediluvian aspect that I marveled at beholding it outside a museum or library. It was bound in leather with metal fittings and was in an excellent state of preservation. Being altogether an unusual sort of volume to encounter in an abode so lowly. When I opened it to the title page, my wonder grew even greater for it proved to be nothing less rare than Pigafetta's account of the Congo region. Written in Latin from the notes of the sailor Lopez and printed at Frankfurt in 1598, I had often heard of this work with its curious illustrations by the brothers Debris. Hence for a moment forgot my uneasiness in my desire to turn the pages before me. The engravings were indeed interesting, drawn wholly from imagination and careless descriptions and represented Negroes with white skins and Caucasian features. Nor would I soon have closed the book had not an exceedingly trivial circumstance upset my tired nerves and revived my sensation of disquiet. What annoyed me was merely the persistent way in which the volume tended to fall open of itself at Playdex ZI, which represented in gruesome detail a butcher shop of the cannibal Anziques. I experienced some shame at my susceptibility to so slight a thing, but the drawing nevertheless disturbed me, especially in connection with some adjacent passages descriptive of Anzik gastronomy. Almost as if that book was open to that page a lot. What do you mean? Like someone just like stares at it all the time, you know, and it's just open there a lot. I've got this copy of Entertainment Weekly from 1995, and if you throw that on any random surface, (laughs) it opens up to Christina Ricci in that blue fucking space dress. Sick. Nice, bro. Sick. Good, good, good pull, man. (laughs) I'm into that. So, everyone has a copy of this picture in front of them. Um, If you were a backwoods yokel and you had a book with this in it, not to say that I would be this way, maybe. But this is this is a hell of a picture to, to have in, in, in you know this guy who what he probably had what the Bible in his house, some kind of grammar book, maybe some kind of general knowledge kind of thing. But he ain't getting this kind of stuff normal. No. Nope. And for him to have this kind of thing, I, I, it, you know, it kind of 
you kind of understand why this kind of like exploded his mind so much. And you wait, know? you you didn't even mention yet that not only is this a real book, mm-hmm. but Debray was a real engraver. Yeah, I was going like, to get to it. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, well, us. I just jumped the shark. Yeah, no, it's, it's fine. <laughs> no, 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 I was literally just going to get to it. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I just. But when you first sent me this picture, this sent me too because like I, now I'm looking at it again, and I saw the shape of the head, and for some reason I thought Conquistador. Yeah. And, but now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, because the way it looked at first, it's the they had that armor that would you know just go around here, mm-hmm. and put the hats they pointed at the front and they were metal. Yeah. Now yeah. that I'm looking at it, it's it's a lot different. But you're you're onto something for several reasons because Debray uh, is most known for his work on uh, European exploration in the Americas. Okay. So you would have seen a ton of that armor. Right. And on top of that, like, this is all second, third, fourth hand. So, like, have you seen Albrecht uh, Durer's uh, Rhinoceros? I was telling her yesterday. Like, you know, it... it <laughs> yeah, it, it's someone told him about a rhinoceros. Or exactly. there's an elephant one, too, where it's oh, like, yeah. there's like the medieval yes. illuminated well, that, manuscript, yeah, same that, kind of thing. It's, it's, it's just... Fifth hand. Right, right. <laughs> and also, so, was, I think that's what we're seeing here, and that's right. why, like... If you kind of, like, pace Lovecraft's weird, like, racist comments, mm-hmm. like, this one is kind of interesting where, like, oh, like, no, this this is, is indicative of, like, how this artist is getting this information. Right. You choosing to bring it up doesn't add or detract from the story, but, like, right. you know, it's not the typical... I won't get into it here. Well, and the one, the, the, <laughs> it was uh, one of the first names, too, was, I, I, it sounded very, you know, uh, you... <sighs> Latin, and I was like, okay, my mind just started kind of going there. Right. And I, then I saw the picture, and I saw the armor. But now that I'm looking, because this guy specifically, uh, that was the first guy that popped out. I was like, oh, total conquistador. But then now I'm looking at the other guy, and I'm like, hmm, froofy hat, <laughs> not well, conquistador. <laughs> exactly, because so this was by Antonia Pigafetta. Um, he was an Italian scholar and explorer. Uh, Pigafetta was an assistant to Magellan on his voyage to the Indies and kept a detailed journal. He was one of the 18 men who returned to Spain out of the 240 who set on out on the um, voyage right. three years earlier. Would Lovecraft have even had access to like this specific book, though? Um, no. And uh, they even say that um, in in some of the um, in some of the uh, researching that I was doing, they don't they don't think he actually saw the illustration either. They oh, think okay. that he just saw heard a description of the illustration. He's almost doing the same thing. As the other guys did, so that's kind of funny, actually. Which actually adds an extra like degree of separation, right? right. So if we're if we're already at fourth, fifth hand, Lovecraft adds another. So we're almost like sixth hand at right. what originally what it was, mm. which is which is very funny. Um, so th- this this book um, illustrations by the brothers Debray, and you have these cannibals, um, and you have this real you know uh, journal account of what happened over there, um, but. And it is an actual book, but it's, um, like I said, it's probably most likely, and most scholars seem to agree, including Joshi, our man, yeah. that he never actually saw this book. So it actually is another, it's it's like it's like a game of telephone. It's just more and more and more. It's like, I wonder what they actually saw. They're like, oh, we were in the Congo, and um, some of the natives had lunch. And then <laughs> seven degrees later, it's, what, they're cannibals? There's a butcher shop? <laughs> well, it, it also mentions, like, uh, what, like monkey men or something? Yeah. And like, and at that point, yeah, I texted him. I was like, "Oh, our boy got a shout out," because I'm thinking he's throwing back to the uh, the German family. Yeah. And and I was thinking like that. My mind went there yeah. because 
at any time now, my mind's going to go there. That story is one of my favorite. We had a good time on that. <laughs> oh episode. my god, dude! That story, like, I just I, I catch myself at work just sometimes thinking which, about which story. The, uh, the, the facts concerning yeah. uh, Arthur German. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we did that a couple weeks ago, and um, oh, it was just because I, I read it and I was like, yeah, like I was like, this is so good. <laughs> it's <laughs> unintentionally hilarious, and yeah. we had such a good time because he didn't see that coming. Because right before we did like a Dreamland story, he's right. like, oh. And I was like, wait for the next. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody yeah. boxes a gorilla, yeah, then that the was, gorilla kills him. Yeah. One guy jumps off the ship to go marry one. It's, yeah. it's, it's nuts. It's it's absolutely nuts. And like, literally, I I, I texted Jay and at the end of it, I was just like, did, did this guy fuck a gorilla? Like, <laughs> yeah. That's that's what how it just that's how it came out. Like, yeah. And I love I love that story, and it's so wild that like, I'm like, I I read the the you know he's talking about the monkey style man, right? And I was like. This, this is them, right? Like, yeah. This has got to be the descendants. Well, in, in, I, the Congo, in the Congo, in the Congo, this could be a call out to it and a shout out to it because also Lovecraft pulled a lot of his like research from the encyclopedia. Right. So the the section of the Congo may have had this, and they're like, oh, see this, see this, see this, and he's pulling from just right. that. But I, I was more thinking along the lines of like, you know, if you saw someone in Fairmount Park grilling a skinned baboon arm, you'd probably be like, oh, that's a man. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you might see that in Fairmont. Oh, yeah, no, no. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Certain sections. Yeah, so, yeah. I shit you not, we were driving through North Philly one time to go to some uh, one of the martial arts class. Back uh, in the North day. Philly stories from Ken James. Yeah, well, I, I shit you not, in someone's backyard, there was a pit bull and a fucking ostrich in someone's backyard. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Was the people riding? No, the they were just next to each other, chilling. Oh, it was just, just friends. They were just friends. I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe couldn't my eyes. Believe yeah, it. I'm I'm 14 years old. Couldn't fucking believe it. No, but like I saw it, and I'm like, and, and Chris just goes, "Yeah, North Philly, man." Yeah. I was like, got ostriches out here, man. <laughs> this, yeah, yeah. this is how we're rolling out here, man. And that's a true Philly fact. <laughs> True, true Philly facts. <laughs> true Philly facts. By Ken All right. So this book is is falling over open to its page specifically. You know, yeah. we, we kind of know where it's we know where we're going at yeah. this point. It's the picture in the house, right? Yeah. Um, he he, you know, our narrator. He's looking at the shelf of the other books. He really can't make out what any of it is. So immediately I say Necronomicon. Right. Um, uh, the Julia Child's cooking book. Oh yeah. Uh, it could have been an emu. I just want to say that too. Eat, eat pray, love. You, pray love. you think that was there too? Oh, chicken yeah. soup for the teenage soul. Excellent. Chicken soup for the loser's soul. Ooh, I like it. For the New England losers. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, if you would like to add some, uh, you know, volumes to the shelf, yeah. go ahead and comment on the uh, yeah. on the post. Let us know what other uh, fantastic books would have been found on this shelf. Yeah. <laughs> Scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, of course. One, two, three. That's under his pillow. You don't. Yeah. Part with that. <laughs> <laughs> so as he's looking on the shelf, um, he hears footsteps overhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, me being the guy who used to, you know, explore abandoned places, God. Yeah. <laughs> Immediately fucked on here. Well, especially the way I, 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 I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the way he described the footsteps. Heavy. Yeah. and But he also says, like, they're kind of like I don't know, I guess it's like the way he describes it, it's like, ooh, I don't like those steps. Yeah. You, you can keep those steps. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to that. Um, so... He hears these. He hears footsteps coming down the cellar stairs. Yeah. Uh, he hears footsteps coming down the stairs, and um, the door opens, uh, and we're met with 
a very peculiar individual. Me in 30 years. Right. In the doorway stood a person of such singular appearance that I should have exclaimed aloud but for the restraints of good breeding. Old white, bearded and ragged, my host possessed a countenance and physique which inspired equal wonder and respect. His height could not have been less than six feet and despite a general air of age and poverty, he was stout and powerful in proportion. His face, almost hidden by a long beard which grew high on the cheeks, seemed abnormally ruddy and less wrinkled than one might expect. While over a high forehead fell a shock of white hair, little thin by the years, his blue eyes, though a trifle bloodshot, seemed inexplicably keen and burning. But for his horrible unkemptness, the man would have been as distinguished, looking as he was impressive. This unkemptness, however, made him offensive despite his face and figure. Of what his clothing consisted I could hardly tell, for it seemed to me no more than a mass of tatters surmounting a pair of high, heavy boots, and his lack of cleanliness surpassed description. Okay, right off the bat, who does this remind you of as soon as you listen to it? Who, what popped in your mind? Anybody? I I told you who my casting is, but I... I mean, Not casting. No. No, no, no. I thought of Clive Barker from the first Hellraiser when he was in the pet shop, the homeless guy. Dude... Uh, come on, uh, that's a default no. for me. I, 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 uh, Hellraiser is in my uh, my one of my one of my go-to's. Fine. Sorry, dude. It's all good. Um, yeah. So, his worst nightmare of any urban explorer ever is finding somebody in the house you're exploring. Yeah. Literally. Bless you. So, there's ghosts in here. Uh, <laughs> ghosts of, of of guests of the future. Um, <laughs> Um, you know, and this is great, and he, he describes him in the kind of this way. There's you know, there's this peculiarness about him, unkempt but still distinguished looking. So yeah. it's already shining through that, like, okay, Lovecraft saying to himself, okay, he's this guy's from the 18th century. Obviously, we know what we're talking about here, but he's like, well, I can't rag on him too much because he's from my favorite period of time. So yeah. he's disgusting but still distinguished. Like yeah. he can't bring himself to be yeah. like, ew, dude. Like yeah. he just can't do it. But the uh, tall and stout thing, like yeah. it. It's also an imposing kind of like. It's almost like he's been eating stuff that's been giving him. You know, oh, yo, yeah. now you're jumping the shark, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. We're allowed whoa, to do that, whoa, 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 whoa. fellas. It's all good. Let's do what's right for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> for the good of the show. Yeah, exactly. For the, good of the kids. <laughs> <laughs> As yeah. I click the "this is not made for children" button when I upload it, because <laughs> it isn't. Yeah. Um. We were trying to get Pee Wee on the episode, but he can't now. No. R.I.P. I mean, we'll have Luigi board. Mm. Halloween episode? Wait, Robin Williams is dead number. <laughs> Him and Pee Wee are having a fucking hang of I'm, some kind of hang. I They're imagine, at the ghost party together now. Yeah, there's ghost coke going around, man. Don Ruckles has to be there. Yeah. Does ghost coke glow? Sure. What color? Blue, green? Uh, it's a bluish. It's that whitish blue. Gotcha. That they have like Spirit Halloween on all their stuff. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay. All right, so uh, I believe they call that ectoplasm blue. I think it's called. It could be. I don't know. I think of green when I think of ecto. The cooler. I don't. Know. Yeah, I, I like that better. But you know, we're off track. Hey, buddy, it's all good. It's all fun. So this is the point in the story where we get hit with, uh, and this is a first for Lovecraft. We get this Yankee dialect, this antiquated dialect that's. According to the uh, the text, is from you know a few centuries before, and um, you know me and Ken discussed it a little little look behind the curtain here at uh, at Learning Lovecraft. We we're like, well, how are we going to read this? Like, do we have you know we usually use a software for some of the reading, 
but we were like, you know, this is kind of fun. Why don't we, uh, why don't we give it a shot? <laughs> because it kind of, it kind of gives you the impression like how this, 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 this type of writing goes. Because it really does force you to kind of like, you know, confront the text. So, all right, so I'll give it a shot. So we get catched in the rain, be ye? Glad you was nigh the house and had the sense to come in right in. I calculate I was asleep, else I'd have heard you. I ain't as young as I used to be, and I need a powerful side of naps nowadays. <laughs> Traveling far? I ain't seen many folks along this road since they took off the Arkham stage. It's good. No, that's that's right. I, I, dude, I would have laughed my whole way through. I'm sorry. I just no, it's good. Um, I'll do the next pass because this yeah. is funny. Uh, Glad to see ye, young sir. New faces is scarce round here, and I ain't got too much cheer up these days. Cheer up. <laughs> Guess you hail from Boston, don't ye? Boston. <laughs> I never been there, but I can tell a town man when I see him. We had over there since district schoolmaster in '84. But he quit sudden, and no one ever heard of him since. Did, has he ever heard like a person with this kind of accent? You know what I mean? Like, so this is like this sounds like because you can kind of get some of like I hear New England in there, but I guess he's trying to like even make it more like he's like all right, backwoods yokel, but New England. So like it's it's weird. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. It's he's even weird. Like, he, it's even like because he says like a, a, a dialect I thought was long gone. Well, it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, so how would he have known? He's just doing what it his sounds. best. All right, I'm just like, that's, I'm just like trying to. He consulted the Necronomicon right. and they told him exactly. Right. I'm gonna see. That, I gotta read more of this stuff. I mean, but Lovecraft himself is traveling at this point, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like you know, probably down in Florida. I, Maybe. Who's his bud down there? Uh, Barla. It's probably like, hey, we're gonna go check out this guy that feeds alligators live chickens. The dude <laughs> talked exactly like that. Maybe. 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 I mean, an hour drive outside of Philadelphia, we got people to talk like that. Yeah. An hour? Let's go down to Kenzo, man. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even talk anymore. They're just on the ground. They're just gone. That's that's. We'll cover that in our Kensington episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Kensington episode. Of, All you just hear is traffic in the background and yeah. someone getting run over. Yep. Sorry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so... The narrator asked the old man uh, how he came into possession of such a rare book uh, as Pigafetta's Regnum Congo, and we get this 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 wonderful. Oh, that African book! Captain Ebenezer Holt traded me that in '68. Him was killed in the war. Um, Ebenezer was on a Salem merchantman for years and picked up a side of queer stuff in every port. He got this in London, I guess. He used to like to buy things at the shops. I was up to his house once on the hill trading horses when I set see this book. I relished the pictures, so he gave it in on a swap. Tis a queer book. Here, leave me get on my spectacles. <laughs> so he pulls out these spectacles, which are clearly from the 18th century, right? Um, I, he, he goes into, you know, I imagine like the Ben Franklin spectacles, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like the thin wire. Yeah, you know? yeah, They fold out. like Exactly. Just, yeah. Exactly. So then he goes on to... Uh, Ebenezer could read a little of this. Tis Latin, but I can't. I had two or three schoolmasters read me a bit, and Parson Clock, him that they say got drowned in the pond. Can you make anything out in it? <laughs> me no read so good. 
Hulk like raging fire. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, the, the old Phil Hartman, the fire band! That's all yeah. I could say. If only we had Phil Hartman here to uh, do that. Oh, him and Pee Wee are together now. Ah, oh, yeah. I just realized that. And his wife's up there doing co- uh, She's in hell. You're right. Good call. <laughs> Andy Dick will join her shortly. Absolutely. Yeah. So, the narrator translates some of what the old man uh, wants to, you know, wants to hear, and the old man becomes, like, almost giddy, right? Uh, he's, 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 he's into this book, especially this picture. Uh, we, get, <laughs> we get this next quote from him. Queer how pictures can set a body thinking, but now I'll show you the best in over here, not the middle. <laughs> um, so the book falls open. Once again, over its uh, like of its own accord, and because obviously he had frequently opened it, like we yes. said, and um, we get this picture, um, and you you guys both have a picture of it, yep. and it's this this butcher shop um, amongst these cannibals. So he's describing this butcher shop, and you have these Anzique cannibals, and the 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 narrator his restlessness comes back because he's 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 really put off by this like cuz you know this guy is this is not something he was expecting at all i mean he was he's coming to this abandoned house he wasn't you know wasn't expecting to see anybody in there and certainly wasn't going to expect this <laughs> whatever this is <laughs> and he thought the really bizarre thing about the picture was that the artist had made the africans look like white men and okay um and then the limbs and quarters hanging from the shop walls and how ghastly the butcher is and the axe and, and it, it, he, he, the image he kind of says had this whole kind of incongruous kind of nature about it and this is kind of what we already just talked about because it's like it's seven it's like seven things removed it's like right. you know it's a game of, it's a game of telephone um, but this old man really likes this picture <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, so we're hit with an <laughs> We're hit with another uh, another uh, narration here. We have... Um, what do you think of this? Ain't never seen the like hereabouts, eh? When I see this, I tell them, Holt, that's something to stir you up and make your blood tickle. What I read in scripture ain't about slaying like the Midianites was slew, and I kind of like things, but I ain't got no picture of it. Here a body can see all they see is to. I suppose tis sinful, but ain't we all born living in sin? That fellow being chopped up gives me a tickle every time I look at him. I have to keep looking at him. See where the butcher cut off his feet? There's his head on that bench with one arm side of it and the other arm's on the ground side of the meat block. Wow. When I was reading this, I, I, I get almost, and I'm like reading because I usually like read kind of up here. And as I was reading it, I was totally like, just like pulling the book further away, yeah. And just tilting my head in disgust yeah. at the way this guy is talking about this picture, and not because like, okay, I've seen worse in movies, yeah. I've heard worse in true crime stories, but like, I'm picturing this dirty, stinky, you know, guy, yeah. Yeah. like, kind of like, at this point, he's like, kind of like hunched over and like turned on under you know? those rags. He's got a raging heart stalker. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. It's it's. Yeah. Nope. He's he's. Yeah. He's ready. Yeah, he's re- he's ready. With the picture, my brain immediately went to Robert Carlyle butcher out of the body in Ravenous, <laughs> where it's just the torso on the stump. I, dude, I was thinking Ravenous this whole time, but like the time periods, you know, like I even started going like, when was this? Well, you know, like I started doing that kind <laughs> yeah. of thing. But then yeah, also Ravenous. Oh, we we could. Oh yeah, top ten for me. But no, there might have been some overlap. When was the Mexican American War? Uh, well, that's that's late. That's in the eighteen. 18- 
this in the middle 1800s. Yeah, this is talking pilgrims, so this is like 1400s to 1650. Yeah, this is... It's, well, it's, uh, Ebenezer Holt died in 1835, so... But he would... Yes, but he's also East Coast. And oh, wait, right, and the book War. is 1700s. Well, the book is like 1500s. Ah. That, the book would be in between pilgrims Listen, arriving, Europeans arriving. Hey, yeah. your vibe attracts your tribe, all right? So all these weirdos are getting together no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And once again, this was around the part where, like, like I, the first time I read it, I was like, I totally get this part. Like, yeah. it was all the stuff before this that was kind of getting lost in translation for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, kind of, this is the part where I'm like, okay, yeah, I know the dread. I know I know what's happening And here. that's why the, the antiquated dialect and the way he wrote it yeah. phonetically works so well, because you have to, like, then you're like, oh, my God, what a weirdo. What am I yeah. saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, right now. Like I was saying, too, <laughs> uh, most of it, I'm in my head doing it in my yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah, then yeah. it gets to this part, and I'm just like, who's that weirdo in my head? You know, like, I'm yeah. like... Ew, dude! Like yeah. you know, yeah. that's what I was getting. Like, yeah, ugh, like like the book stunk to me. <laughs> I was like, yeah. ew, ew, ew yeah. stinky old weirdo. But the the little hints he's dropping now, like, at what point do you start thinking, how old is this motherfucker? He's from the 1700s. I think they've made the case at some point that him drinking or being a cannibal has like enhanced his life. Like, um, well, we uh, not at this point yet. He's still talking about. He hasn't. You haven't got. To well, the we haven't gotten to that yet, but he does definitely mention that. Right. Well, he starts talking about like I ain't done nothing. I ain't done nothing. And he starts going. Okay. We'll get to it. Yeah. So the narrator here now he's consumed with the horror of this old man. He even says it. And um, this this quote got me really. <laughs> this got me because like, so I'll read it. He goes, "Once I tried something funny. Here, young sir, don't get scared. <laughs> All I done was." To look at the picture before I killed the sheep for market, killing sheep was kind of more fun after looking at it. So, yeah, so it's already kind of starting for him. Yeah. So he's like, you want to see something funny? It's like, oh, Christ. Like, yeah. you know, only like the Twilight Zone. Want to see something really scary? Or like, hey, check this out. Isn't this cool? And yeah. it's like, no, bro, this yeah. is not cool at all. So here, <laughs> this point, too, here's where I'm like, yeah, where is HP's head? Because, like, that's like some, like, 1980s serial killer type deal. That's like something that like well, this whole this story in its entirety is like kind yeah. of before its time. Exactly. Yes. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Like because he's like they would do stuff like this. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that like eventually like let's say you know, let's say 60s 1960s. Yeah. Like they start with like you know looking at something weird while they're doing their you know they're yeah. skinning the chicken or on the farm right and then they they fantasize about their mother and then 20 people in town are dead right yeah, no, yeah like, it, it, starts it starts with the local with, dogs yeah, yeah. and then he starts trapping animals and yeah. then a school teacher and then it's like doing that stuff with the thought or a picture of like a dead human or yeah. if 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 lovecraft would have taken this one step further and tacked on one extra scene before the resolution of this story you would have a fucking Hills Have Eyes or shitty yeah. Eli Roth movie. Yeah, like, well, I, I'm and, and honestly, all shitty. Movies. Oh yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'll tell you what. I just watched uh, uh, Death Wish the remake. Yeah, wasn't so bad. Hey Ken, smack yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was at work. Anything's great at work. That's on TV. <laughs> Anything to not be at work. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, no, I, I totally get that. And this is this is what this is like twenty years removed from before Ed Gein gets uh, gets captured. So this is like where. It, Great, great poll, Ken, because this is, yeah, where was HP's head at? Because this is like, I also kind of thought of um, um, 
ooh, uh, David Berkowitz, uh, son of Sam, like yeah. obsessing over stuff before he went out to do what he was going to do, yeah. like obsessing, obsessing, obsessing. Yeah. Like he had a window into this. I yeah. like this obsessive nature of just yeah. like I, I can't stop looking at this. Well, picture. and he also has the he has the in, the like. He's got the inside track on the fact that it's almost sexual for this guy. The way he's like oh. doing that, like oh yeah, and it's like that. Their impulse was all sexual. That whole yes. cylinder, like it's yes. seriously, it was a yeah. weird like. He gets a tickle. Yeah, and he was saying, "Invade your blood." T-. Like I was like, "How does he have a grip on this?" Yeah, and that was like once again that goes back to what we've said in the beginning. Some people think that a lot of this stuff is like, you know, HB out of one foot in the you know the other yeah. world and like. Right. But like that's that's fast that it's it's fascinating that that, yeah. that he is pulling from this thing that isn't even studied. Yeah. But if you boil it down, it's just like we're we're going from cannibals in Africa to serial killers. Like right. end of the day, you know, just rotten, like diseased human nature. Yeah. Like, right, but I'm but I'm saying like he's putting in a way of like that the the studies haven't even started yet. Right. Like, no 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 no. You know, I, in, yeah, in the I, classification I, of that, it's 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 odd. That like he's putting together a pretty accurate yep. uh, depiction or, yep. or um, like framework of yep. what like the FBI would look at like in a, oh. in a profile, yeah. a pretty accurate profile of a modern serial killer yep. from the '60s till now. You're yep. in for a treat because he predicts the future several times. <laughs> <He does. laughs> right. I it, this was the first time because I get once again like I said at work I, a lot of true crime podcasts and I've always yep. kind of just like been in that weird like yep. what's going on in these people's heads yep. and he just like. He captures Kinda the obsessive nature yeah. and like where he gets to the point where it's like he's looked at this so much so many times where like um, it has to escalate, right? They talk about escalation. It's like, well he's only looked at it so many times, well now he has to take it to the next level. The next level was to kill this sheep. Right. Okay, well I didn't do nothing wrong. I just yeah. I thought about it and then yeah. I killed the sheep. Yeah, and I was right? but then I like looked at the picture and it made it like a little better. There was like a thrill yeah. and then it's like, Oh, because you're pretending that the sheep's a human, you freak. Yep. You know, like... Oh, no, 100%. Yeah, anyway. Um, that's so, cool. right after he said this, and we get... And I, and I loved... Uh, here, young sir, don't get scared, because, you know, he probably was like... Yeah. <laughs> At that point, his, his one back foot's just going towards yeah. the door, you know? Yeah. The old man has, like, a hand on his leg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I prepared us some food. Yeah, yeah right, right. So, right after he says this, we get this huge peal of thunder and flash of lightning, um, which, A, is out of season. Uh, he thinks it's kind of weird, uh, but it shakes this entire house. But the old man does not seem to notice. He's looking right at this, and he's just you know, yeah. He like he's in his he's in it right. He's in yeah. his he's back on his bullshit right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, we get this um, we get this 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 next uh, passage from him. Sheep was kind of more fun, but do you know twink quite satisfying queer how a craven gets a hold on you as you love the almighty young man don't tell nobody but i swear to god that picture begun to make me hungry for victuals i ain't could raise nor buy hair sit still what's ailing you i didn't do nothing only i wondered how it would be if i did they say meat makes blood and flesh and gives you a new life so i wondered if it wouldn't make a man live longer and longer even twas more the same so the obsession goes yeah. further, right? It's the escalation. So he's like, yeah. I killed the sheep, but then like, you know, he's like, yeah. what are the, he wants to try it out. Right. And then you get, then you get the, the, the tidy exposition, right? Like right there. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's, this is what's happening. He gives it to you. Like if the bad guys do in yeah. modern movies, yeah, yeah. you get, you know, the, like a lot of times too, in, in a modern movie, we're like, you're the bad guys laying out his plot. You just go exposition, yeah. exposition. Like the whole dialogue's exposition. Yeah. like, yeah, we can, you know. <laughs> I got your monologue. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, he does that that trip of like explains it there, but I like it in the in the the way of like how it's this guy like 
hits his kind of like he sees that he scared his yeah. next meal off, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, he's like, oh, darn it. I got caught up in it, like, obsessing over the picture yeah. again, you know? And it's like, shit, I gave up too much. You know, like, <laughs> wait, 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 no, 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 no. Like, he's done was, talking to yeah. the guys halfway down the block yeah, on the yeah. bike. I was just kidding. Yeah. Screw you for judging me. I was all kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we come to kind of this, this, this is where we sort of get to the end here. And this is kind of my own, me personally, my only gripe with this, the way that he kind of constructs the ending of this. Because we get this part where um, he says that this this rapidly increasing storm amidst whose fury I was presently to open my eyes on a smoky solitude of black and ruins. Right. right? So he tells us right there that the storm happens, but then presently, as he's saying this, uh, he, he's looking at this smoky solitude of black and ruins. So it's the house, and yeah. it's now... It, it's so weird how he set this up, and, I, and it's my gripe with the story. Um, so we, he lays it out here. The open book lay flat between us, with the picture staring repulsively upward. As the old man whispered the words, more the same, a tiny spattering impact was heard, and something shooed on the yellowed paper of the upturned volume. I thought of the rain and of a leaky roof, but rain is not red. On the butcher's shop of the Anzique cannibals, a small red spattering glistened picturesquely, lending vividness to the horror of the engraving. The old man saw it and stopped whispering, even before my expression of horror made it necessary. Saw it and glanced quickly toward the floor of the room he had left an hour before. I followed his glance and beheld just above us on the loose plaster of the ancient ceiling a large, irregular spot of wet crimson, which seemed to spread even as I viewed it. I did not shriek or move, but merely shut my eyes. A moment later came the titanic thunderbolt of thunderbolts, blasting that accursed house of unutterable secrets and bringing the oblivion which alone saved my mind. So... If you remember back to the tomb, where you know they're all getting the, the height yeah. of the revelry happens, and we get this what's known as this this supernatural bolt of lightning. Yes, cleansing bolt of a lightning. cleansing bolt of lightning. Right, you are, Sam. <laughs> um, Thanks for coming in today, Sam. My pleasure. <laughs> um, and it's kind of strange the way he puts it in here because it's like, okay, so that's that's your ending, like, yeah. And then, but but before it telegraphs it and tells us that he's standing in front of this smoldering ruins. Is that is that what actually ha- is he, or is he imagining that happening? Apparently it's what has happened from every and this is this is I always found this a strange stumbling point on this story. Well, right, cuz how is he telling the story if he's well, dead? He, well, he's not dead. He it hit the house and he was able to come out and he's got this this thing where he does later in stories where like the guy will faint and then the thing will have happened. This it's where it's like right. it's almost like a cut. And then it's like, ugh. And it's, then, it's known as the first ever Tarantinoing. Where I don't, the, the, the old man wasn't sucking his feet, so. Yeah, right, right. Well, his feet were dirty, though. Yeah. And he may have been a blonde years earlier. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, if, if they would have stopped it at the guy closing his eyes, that's so soul-crushing. Yeah. yeah. Like, he, he just accepted death. Yeah. He's like, well, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a puny... Yeah. scholarly fella yeah. and this my, six foot my shared bikes outside you know, right like, like. <laughs> I'm not gonna get the deposit back yeah. on my yeah. uh, yeah. my I mean, he's probably bike. gonna get a deposit but probably not from <laughs> oh. it's there yeah it's there. oh yeah 
So, I, in, in researching for this episode, I came across this quite a bit. This is the stumbling point a lot of people have for the story, that this, this cleansing bolt of lightning. It's like, okay, it hits the house, but the paragraph before he tells us that he's seeing these, these smoldering ruins. So, he makes it out, clearly, because he told the story. Yeah, I so, kind of saw it at that point, though. It's almost yeah. like the cleansing bolt of lightning, or the bolt of lightning, yeah. at that point, is the writer going like, I can save this man. Like it's it's Maybe. him imposing his will from on the other dimension of it. Deus where it's like, Oh, he learned all this. It's God. like he he's telling his like, Oh, I can save this man. Like, you know, like mm. almost like pontificating on like, oh, the knowledge that he gained in there. Yeah. I know this knowledge. Okay. I gave this character this knowledge and he, he, he confronted the fear of getting too close to what he was looking for. Okay. And then it's like, I'll save him and take him out. But also I'll telegraph it. Because he's looking at, you know, like, I, I don't know. Maybe. It, it seemed a little pretentious in, in the I mean, writing. it is, and, and the, the like, like Sam said, like, if you if the last scene was him seeing the, the drop of blood hit the illustration, and then he just closes his eyes because he knows that's it, that, for me, personally, that would have been, like, the perfect ending there, because it was yeah. like, oh, God. But then he puts in this, and lets him survive, puts yeah. in this, this lightning bolt. And, and then he, he uses that a few more times in the future. Yeah. And doesn't Poe use that once or twice? Yeah, well, Fall of the House of Usher, um, right. that's the ending, basically the ending of the story. He's yeah. saved from that, and the, and the house splits in half, and then it, so he probably is, you know, mirroring Poe, because that's his guy at this point. Um, but it's, you know, I, I can, okay, he wakes up, and he's there, and he's, and then it's, okay, so then maybe that adds some kind of, like, weird time and place slip kind of too because he's so obsessed with it. Maybe that guy wasn't there. Maybe this was like some kind of disease something. like. But it doesn't... You don't get that impression. So it's like you kind of have to do some mental gymnastics a little bit at the end of this for it to be like... I mean, I... But after that drop of blood, like how yeah. much really can you do? Because if we got... Oh, yeah. If we got a paragraph of like the escape from the Gilman House Hotel, right. like... Right. That wouldn't have been fitting. No, and I'm glad that they, he did end it that way. It just... Um, I... This is early HPL, and you can tell because it just... Right. It's good, but it's its almost perfect. It's, like, right there. It's, like, and it just... Yeah, if he just would have left know, that part out. Also hasn't written much in as far as action sequences at this point, right? No. I mean, we uh, before we got... Um, I mean, From Beyond has has an action sequence, but... but and the death that came to Sarnath is... is uh, they have, like, the, the raid scene. And even that's kind of handled fumblingly kind of implied. Yeah, it's more implied. Yeah. And the same thing I was just going to say, From yeah. Beyond is also kind of like told after the fact, because it's like... Right, yeah, because they just say, like, the, you, it's implied that he, you know, he got the gun and shot the machine, he said, yeah. basically, because, you know, there was no bullet holes in the man. It was, yeah, they tell know. us later from, like, yeah. contacts clues. It's like, okay, right. well, here's the... See, but so. I like that. I like that a lot. This one, it's it's it seems like he had it done. Yeah. Could, he didn't want to do the death ending, so he went back and he put in the, the part of staring at the house burnt, uh-huh. and he's like, this is clever. Yeah. You know, and then he after that he was like, "Here's how I'll end it." Yeah, no, I mean it's it's it, it's it's it works, but I just think it's it's like there's just a little. It's just it slips a little. It stumbles a little at the end. Right. That's my only. I get no. I get and it. if you remove that and put it at the very end, yeah. the the last clincher wouldn't have yeah. had that impact. It reminds me of um, I think it was called was it the neighbors. It's it's a it's a story from scary stories that tell in the dark where they, they they they're on the trip they they need somewhere to stay they stay with this old couple they leave money on the on the table and then when they leave they they forget their car keys or something or they forget something mm-hmm. so they're like oh I gotta come back and they come back and the house is a ruin but the but the the money is yeah. there yeah it's kind of, there's another one it's it's like a cocktail party yeah and when they go back it's just like a a burn yes yeah yeah 
So I think it's in that vein. I think it is. Like it's yeah. They're kind of hinting at like yeah, you could totally go for oh, so it's like, this guy. You're thinking maybe the house wasn't there at all. Like it was just he was having this like ghost house experience. Maybe. I mean, this is this is weird fiction, right? So right. you're you're left with a heaping helping. You know, but this might have this might have been. I I dismissed that line completely. Which I I just thought he was sitting there shitting himself, yeah. thinking how great would it be if this lightning just. Blew yeah. everything to smithereens. I, but it's there. The rapidly increasing storm amidst whose whose fury I was presently to open my eyes on a smoky solitude of blackened ruins. It's there. It's but right this could have been maybe him sharing the story with one of his friends because he was getting all the criticism from from the, the the papers that he's submitting these to, and they're probably like, "We don't like this. Everyone's dying." Shit. It's possible. I mean, maybe, this is, maybe nah, this is an amateur it. journal. He wouldn't have to worry okay, about that at okay. all. Okay. Because we talked about before, and yeah. the Josh man was was telling us that yeah. like. A lot of people were like, we don't, you know, like, it's too grim. Speaking know? of the Josh man, that's what he says. I mean, that that's what happens, that he he, he's, he kind of does it in this weird way, but that is what happens. It's it, uh, the, the, the bolt of lightning hits the house, destroys the house, uh, and there he is standing in front of it, this smoldering ruin. Yeah. And it's like, okay. <laughs> so... Like I said, that's my. It's just my. The way that he decided to order it kind of is a little confusing. But could it also be that he could also supernaturally the bolt of lightning was some other kind of entity that sure why not saved him that that crossed my mind because I I hate that mechanism so much and I was like well uh, Puritans and like was was God finally catching up with like this yeah creature this yeah, this right. man's sins yeah. and. Yeah. You weren't a part of it. You were just witness to it. Yeah. So, yeah. blammo. Like, and again, it mentions yeah. that you know the storms are yeah. out of season. But yeah. like, well, see, I, I want I wanted to kind of go there, but I didn't also because I don't know where he goes with God, and like I don't know, like I don't. He's an atheist. He's yeah. Okay, but like in the same breath, does he ever incorporate that in no. any of the stories? Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't. I didn't. I didn't want to go to the God angle, like because of course you get justice from on high with the cleansing lightning, like the idea of that. Right. But I didn't want to go there. I wanted to go entity, something other than. Well, I, I think, and and I think that that's that's a natural um, path to go down because Poe using it, Poe's not an atheist, so yeah. him having a, a he was just an alcoholic. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just a little. Yeah. Um, but F- Lovecraft is putting it in there in a way where he wants to. He's emulating his his you know the master of of, of the macabre Poe, right. and I think he wanted to use that literary device. But I think he's such an atheist that he's like, I can't have God showing up. Yeah. So is this you know? It's just like a, it's like a, a he put storm. it in there. It's a force yeah, of nature. It's almost like nature kind of correct. This guy is so unnatural and so outside the bounds of of like nature that nature corrected yeah. it. You and know nature what I mean? corrected it's, it was so powerful it blew him out of the house yeah. and he it, wakes up and he's it, like, oh. Sick. Yeah. Cool. I'm uh, saved by Na- Mother Nature. Came. The in. ending should have been my bike, and then yeah. cut to black. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting my deposit back. Right. Deposit back. Right. You know, if 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 August Derleth had gotten his dumb fucking fingers on this story, yeah, it would have been God. Yeah, it would have. Yeah, it would have. We'll get to that later. <laughs> later after sure. after after Lovecraft dies, he uh, his friends come together and they form Arkham House Publishing. To get his work out there to the to the public, Sick. and the guy who spearheaded it was a guy named August Derleth. Kind of a problem for a oh, yeah. for, for a bunch of reasons. A, um, he started in to insert this Christianity into Lovecraft stuff, which Lovecraft couldn't be more opposed to. 
completely um, missing the mark. It's missing the point of what, yeah. of what his creatures... Yeah. It's it's about us living in an uncaring universe. So to put this stuff in there completely... It, so just that's who Durleth is. He also... I mean, he did help to get Lovecraft stuff out there, but he also stunted a lot of things, too, because he claimed, which was in error, that he held all the publishing rights to Lovecraft stuff. Uh, early in the 80s, when... Um, yeah, early 80s. 70s. Dungeons, was the 70s? 70s Dungeons and Dungeons Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons came out, and they wanted to add, so they had like all their, they had, you know, all their fantasy things yeah. in there and all these. They wanted to add the Cthulhu mythos. And it. deep ones. Yeah, well, yep. part of the Cthulhu mythos. So, um, and they went to do it. They had it published. There were things in the book. And, and Durleth comes along. He's like, uh-uh, can't do that. I'm going to sue you guys. But he had no right to do it. Right. So if he didn't do that, the Lovecraft stuff could have been out in the public way more so than it is now. So he's gatekeeping for his own gains. Yes, yes, and he also took Tell these oldest time. Yeah. So and then he got a, a cop. Uh, he got Lovecraft's what's called a commonplace book. It was all his notes. Okay. Lovecraft, he, fragments of stories, just ideas that he had. Yeah. You know, just notes. And he would take. He took those and he was like, "Oh, here's a story that Lovecraft had. Okay, fine." And then he would finish it. And this was a collaboration. collaboration. Posthumous collaboration. Heavy air quotes. And they're terrible. It's a total Tupac situation going on, yeah. you know? Yeah, there's a, there's a holographic Lovecraft. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is my story. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah. Can we get a holographic Lovecraft? I would love that. That'd be great. <laughs> skeet, skeet, fellow Puritans. <laughs> <laughs> Ten points, Griffin. <laughs> 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 Uh, so for this episode, <laughs> <laughs> no. So yeah. So so you, there's a little peek behind yeah. what happened, and oh, because of that, um, yeah. people do give him the credit. They're like, okay, he did start Arkham House. He did help get Lovecraft out there, but because he was a gatekeeper for it, other people couldn't come in because yeah. Lovecraft was in the public domain, which yeah. he is today. And because he's in the public domain, anyone can use it. And if they, he would have not, not been such a Dick, dick about it, yeah. Dick. Everyone could have had, could have been, you know, that would have been part of Dungeons and Dragons. Every nerd on planet Earth would know. Not that they don't now, but <laughs> would have been yeah. spreading that stuff since the seventies. Yeah. Well. So, um, and Lovecraft could have been part of the Satanic Panic. We missed it. So. <laughs> yeah. So. You guys seem so bummed about uh, it. Is. <laughs> like, why did they condemn Cthulhu too? Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. So, that's so that's where we're. That's that's what happened with that. So, um, yeah, the picture in the house. Here we are. We finished the story. Yes. Tell me your thoughts. Just hold off. Yeah. So, off the bat, I, like I said, I guys, guys, a little stuffy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a he, uh, an academic yeah. mind. He's he's doing research, and I, I get that. I get that this guy's supposed to be kind of stuffy. He's from you know. You know, he's a little he's a little frilly from Puritan stock. He, yeah, right. And uh, and yeah, he, you know his his stock is what you know kept him from screaming later and everything. Yeah. And um, he goes, you know, it's you're if you're gonna go into an abandoned house, expect it to be a little icky, bro. Like you yeah. know, like it's gonna be a little gross. And like his whole like, hmm, mm-hmm. this is unkept. Mm, it's like yeah, dude, yeah. yeah. But it's raining and you don't want to get your shoes wet. Yeah. So you know you're gonna go in there. Yeah. Um, I love, I love the obsession with the book, the the, the cannibal. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I love Ragnum like Congo. I love yeah. that like breakdown of like just him. Yeah, and he's like, he can you read some of this to me? Yeah, he knows what's in the book. He does, but you know? like it's him saying the words brings it even exactly. More to That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's getting this next guy. Who's like, I can't read it. Like, can you? Yeah. You, you know, and he's doing. Yeah. He's like, 
Yeah. You know, he's like and rubbing his thighs together, yeah. like, yeah, like just rocking. Mm. He's like, oh my god, I'm gonna eat you. Oh my god, I'm gonna eat you. Oh my god, I'm gonna eat you. Yeah. Like, and um, no, I love that. And I guess yeah, like we said, the the the, the, the lightning saving him. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's it's a it's a cheap device to to, right. to to get you out to get this guy out of danger. Yeah. Um, but in a way, I kind of feel like I don't. The way it was written, it was like that dude could have just ran. The other guy wouldn't he have could. caught him. Yeah, like he, it, he was already in his way, and he already knew that he messed up. Yeah. So I, I'm almost at the point where it's like, yeah, this guy could have got out of here. He could have grabbed his huffy and bounced. He, like, he could have. Oh, you thought it was a huffy? I was going BMX. Sick jumps on those back roads. He's not doing sick jumps. This guy's wearing, you know, this guy's like wearing like one of those like. So he's not ties. pulling like Matt Hoffman moves on the no, back roads. No, this this guy's d- is does got a harrow. He's not hitting the hitting the ramps. Right. No, it is no. not the X Games. No, it might have been a Schwinn. I'll give him a Schwinn. How about that? All right, but no, he, he you know like I think he could have got out of there. Big heavy regard- beach cruiser. Yeah, that's sick. But he, I, I just feel like the danger was was present. a penny farthing. <laughs> that's what he's riding. Okay, Aruga, Aruga. the big one wheel yeah, and the little yeah. wheel in the pack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That wouldn't have made it through the door. But, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I just I I, I I get that like it's like okay this guy, but this guy doesn't seem like he's like agile quick. It's not like like a it gave me these powers. It just seems yeah. like it's sustaining his life. So yeah. I feel like he realized, homie's almost out the door, uh-huh. and that's why he's like trying to convince him. Well, wait, no, stay a little yeah, bit because yeah. they even kind of like say that he's like kind of like you know he's not like any. He doesn't look athletic. This guy isn't yeah. going to run any marathons. I right. think I feel like old study boy is going to you know get yeah. get the drop on him and be able to get out of there. Yeah, possibly. So I mean, and if if he doesn't like the whole like oh it saved my sanity, yeah. I think that is what uh, at the end yeah. it was just him never encountering something like that yeah. and him fathoming the wildness of a cannibal that's been along so long. Yeah, that's what had him frozen. Right. That's what McConnell. Did. You know what probably backs it up too. That's why he added the bike thing. He was fit. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's he what was I'm in saying. Good shape. He exactly. Was able to get the fuck out of there. All he's right. he's he's going over the 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 ride and everything. It's not an even ride. Like you got to have some strength to pedal over those terrains. Yeah. You know. I just think that literally the end of it all is the fact that he was frozen with this thing that he's never been confronted by. Yeah. So he was just like, and it saved my sanity. Meaning like, mm-hmm. oh god, it's dead. Okay, I don't yeah. have to think about that anymore because it's gone. Right. Like he was just he was stuck. Beautiful. So you like this one? I do like this one a lot. I like I said, there was a couple parts where I was kind of like, yeah. wait, what? What the? What are we talking about here? Yeah. But you know, the second read buttoned it up nicely, and I, yeah. I get it. Yeah. But I totally agree with Sam. With like, I, 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 the the lightning is like, yeah. I just think it was his way of like being able to get the guy out of there, right? Because in many ways, I think the narrator is him, right? Again, just yeah. looking for this knowledge, and it was like, I, I'll save you, me. Gotcha. You know. <laughs> I'll save you, me. There it is. So, uh, any uh, any final thoughts on the story, Sam? No, I uh, just across the board really love it. Again, except for that ending. Right. And yeah, no, it it, it it's very cinematic to me. Yes, uh, absolutely. That, that turn at the end, like yeah. you know, sometimes those italicized little gotcha moments are yeah. you know a little a little limp. But with this one, I think it's incredible. I just following both their eyes in my head it's yeah. it's yeah. yeah still gives you the 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 shivers right you see the room like you see like the ancient floor above oh. them where he just yeah. was at and like yeah. you see all that and you're like oh there's a torn apart body up there and it's well, yeah. and like i don't know if you've ever been in, in proximity to a rotting corpse i was for a straight month and like 
my 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 brain went right back to him saying uh, uh, the, the 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 comment about the odor. Right, right. And like I just I just smelled that smell in the Arts Tower again, and I was like. Yep, that's what that fucking place smells like. So now you're gonna have to hit us with the uh, the abridged version of that story. <laughs> uh, there was just a very weird smell in my apartment for an entire month, and I'll skip the ghost part. But uh, at the end of the month, they found my neighbor stewing in his bathtub. But it starts out a little perfumey, and then it hits you with some wet dog, and then rotting hamburger. And my grandfather, who was a uh, World War II uh, parachuting medic. After I told him that story, he gripped my leg and goes, you'll never forget that smell. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> that had everything. Yeah. He gave you the hint of ghost, yeah. and then you got the World War II vet. Like, you know, that's... Yeah, we got, we got five-star Sam today. Yeah, yeah five-star Sam's here. Hear that, Nicole? Five-star Sam. <laughs> <laughs> All right, wonderful. Well, we... Uh, there's been a lot of commentary on this on the story by uh, many folks who have you know uh, gone uh, gone through it and, and commented on it. Uh, Colin Wilson called the story a nearly convincing sketch of sadism. <laughs> uh, in a 1986 discussion of Lovecraft's work, Joanna Russ dismissed the picture in the house as one of the flatter stories. I disagree uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, Peter Cannon, who is author of most of the books I use. She was probably a fan of Lord Dunson. Probably. <laughs> uh, considers the story rooted in authentic Puritan psychohistory and regards the climax with the blood dripping from the ceiling above as demonstrating a quote, finesse unknown to present day horror writers who delight in graphic violence. So I, I think that's, uh, you know, yeah. I think that's, uh, you know, it's got something for everybody, even if it does have a, a stumbling point. And some people don't see it as a stumbling point. Maybe just, uh, maybe just yeah, me. But it, it's a complete meal. Yeah. No. I, nice. <laughs> nice. A morsel, if you will. <laughs> so, as we kind of started in uh, one of the previous episodes, we like to give our uh, what be your uh, dream casting for the story. I think we we're going to call it um, casting from the dreamlands. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This segment, a new segment, yeah. casting from the dreamlands. Yeah. Brought to you by Sam Heimer. No, um, <laughs> uh, you guys start off because honestly, mine has changed because I thought about the build okay. of, of the crazy cowboy right. man. Well, we'll defer to our guest. Yeah. So for the old man, uh, I was thinking John Hurt, if he wasn't dead, uh, especially if you've seen him in uh, the proposition mm-hmm. as that crazy, what, bounty hunter prospector. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Perfect. And Terrence Stamp, I just just the face how he speaks uh with that shock of hair and that ripped clothing i think he'd be perfect yeah and for the narrator i would just want someone twitchy i think uh a younger alan cumming would be perfect uh not you grant no okay (laughs) no 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 Um, so for my guy, I, I, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's a little comedic, but I immediately thought of the South Bend shovel slayer himself, uh, old man Marley from Home Alone, because he's got that look down and he's good at talking to, uh, kids. who is just essentially who the narrator kind of was. Right, right. And, uh, so I guess I'm going to go ahead and dreamcast it. So if that's the killer... Uh, old man cannibal guy, I want modern day Macaulay Culkin as the uh, Oh, get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) On the bike. So, for for my... (laughs) He hated that. (laughs) Terrible! (laughs) I said comedic. Uh, My my narrator and the dude, Uh, the the 
bike yeah. rider here. Uh, two different voices, but both Val Kilmer. Okay. Right, and well, then that's that's no voice now. Mm. Uh, I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> Go ahead, come on. <laughs> and uh, for the the uh, the cannibal, uh, yeah. his stature isn't right. Okay. But if you could do some force perspective, uh-huh. the guy uh, from um, the Green Mile with the ma- the, the the French dude. Oh, the janky, yeah, the, the Mr. Gold, like his whole oh, yeah, um, and his creepy, his the way he gets janky yeah. and starts talking. He's about also stuff. passed, yeah, yeah, he's also passed too. He was, um, yeah. he, he was Mr. Was that Mr. Noodle on Sesame Street? Sure, right. I never watched what? Sesame Street. Mr. Noodle, I didn't watch. Yeah, his whole thing, yeah. his Green whole Mile? like creep. Yeah, yes, yeah, that was yes. Mr. Noodle. Right. Yeah, but we have ghosts that help me out. Yeah, like a right. Jay is a necromancer, as we know. Yeah. So, so, yeah, yours would be if directed by uh, uh, Robert Gordon. Sure. Yeah. Sure, I'd go with that. Or if we resurrected, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mr. 80s. Yeah, uh, the guy that did all 16 Candles and all that. Why can't I think of his name? I can't either right now, and I know it. That's, that's, that's horrible. Uncle Buck. Yeah. Directed Uncle Buck. What's his name? John John Hughes. Yes, there it is. If, if Macaulay Culkin... <laughs> Made, made a run to get out of the house. It would be to the Benny Hill theme song. Yeah, we don't have a cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was our new segment. I mean, the girl who played Shanice could have played the old man too. She's terrifying. I'm sorry. <laughs> Whatever, Jay. You're laissez compétent. <laughs> that's what the French call it. Yeah, right. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's uh, that's uh, that's all that's fit to print on uh, the picture in the house. Uh, Sam, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Uh, Samheimer! <laughs> uh, anything uh, you'd like to plug? New releases, appearances, crimes you're planning on committing? Yeah. No, no. Uh, well, you and me will be at, well, I guess all three of us will be at Market of the Macabre. Uh, I'll be recording that? ghost stories, that's all. I'll be doing yeah, no, and uh, <laughs> Laurel Hill Cemetery, uh, it is not to be missed. It is one of my favorite events all year. I think that's September 9th? And then uh, this coming weekend, this probably won't even air, so cut, cut, cut. Um, It'll be up Friday. Yeah? It'll be up Friday. Friday. Oh, and if you happen to find yourself in New England, uh, New Haven, Connecticut, I will be tabling at uh, Abomination Brewing's Rare Fog Day. Uh, So come get drunk, say hi. All right. And uh, where can we find you? And if you want, Sam... I can, we can drop this on Thursday to get that out. Ooh, that'd, that'd be sexy. Okay, yeah. I can do that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, you can find me at Sam underscore Heimer, H-E-I-M-E-R, on Instagram or at www.samheimer.com. Beautiful. Sam Heimer, as mentioned on Scared to Death Podcast, for doing work with them. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, for this episode of Learning Lovecraft, I've been Jason McKittrick. And I've been Ken James. And I'm Sam Heimer. And we'll see you beyond the wall of sleep. Ooh.